is the thing that happens so frequently is you'll see people and Rob Portman is the example I always use. I don't know if people remember him. He was an Ohio senator. I don't think he's in office anymore, but he was a senator in Ohio for many years. Anti-gay, anti-gay, anti-gay. Son came out as gay. Pro-gay, pro-gay, pro-gay. And that's so often in your own life, on the national stage. And what I just, what I wish more than anything that people would understand is that if you would care and potentially change your mind when it's your child, when it's someone you love so much, just everyone is someone's child. Everyone is so loved by their parents. So if I just wish people would extend a little bit of like imagination and empathy to think, what if someone I loved very much was gay? Would I still love them? And if it's that, if that's the case, why am I voting in this way? Because every gay person has someone in their lives who loves them. Every trans person has someone in their lives who loves them, who wants them to get hormones or surgery if they want it, or to just be able to be referred to by the correct name and pronouns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Several years ago, Penn Gillette, who's been doing a podcast for years, talked about that someone said, are you waiting for a special episode to bring on Teller? And he said, Anytime I have Teller on the podcast, it's a special. He said, my, his child, she is now, she does no longer likes to be called Moxie is a they now. She chooses to not, and I'm, once again, I'm going to mess this up, but they made a point, but she's his child. He's there, her, his child. And she says, he talks all the time, him and Teller argue all the time but when push comes to shove she's his he's his bff so the reason i go on this long ride is anytime i have bella port on the podcast i feel like it is christmas my birthday new year's eve all rolled into one bella Porty, welcome back to the podcast oh my gosh jesse that's such a nice intro thank <laughs> you so much for those of you who have never heard, Bella Pori has been one of my guests that has been on countless times. And every time we talk, we have a great time. And so because it's Pride Month, I thought I'd reach out to Bella and I'll let you tell people why. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have not heard any of my older episodes, I am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan and also a huge lesbian. And a lot of the way I listen to Bruce and the way I appreciate his music is through a gay lens. And I'm also very passionate about gay history and politics and rights for the LGBTQ community in general. So I imagine that's why I'm here. Absolutely. And you guys, in a timey-wimey way... I haven't released the episode 
yet as we're recording this, but when I release this one, we have. But I just had Dave and Jennifer on who are married and during they're married almost 30 years and he came out as gay and they decided to stay married and they have a child who is transgender and they deal in their podcast a lot about these the community and what's going on and I had asked them this question and so that's why I said I gotta have Bella what the hell's going on why is there so much anger right now going on, Bella? Why can't people just be a little nicer? I have a couple of theories and I might go long. So feel please, free to please, cut me yeah. off. I think that my first theory is that the gay community, the LGBTQ community in general has long been a scapegoat for specifically, specifically people like Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson who found LGBTQ people along with feminists and as they said in the 70s secular humanists as people to like point to as a reason that American society is going down the drain and as women's rights have increased and as we've gotten more free with being non-Christian those things have fallen away and I think that's been true for certain sections of the LGBTQ community as well I think there's increased acceptance for lesbian gay and to some extent bisexual people, but I do think that transgender people, which have always been a part of the LGBTQ community are a foundational part of our community. I think that they're the latest group that people in certain political sectors like to point to as the reason that America is going down the drain. So I think that's one reason that it's like historically always been to scapegoat. I think another reason is there's a tax on bodily autonomy generally. We've seen it with abortion. And I think attacks on transgender people are another way to get at that. And then three, I think it's, as I said, but in a more cynical way, I think it's a very easy way to score political points. I think it gets, I think culture wars get donations in a way that fiscal conservatism doesn't. And so it's very convenient for certain politicians to blame LGBTQ people for society's ills as opposed to standing on their other policies. So that would be my theory. I think those are all great. And we're going to talk a little about them. By the way, I'm warning you guys, we are going to talk about Bruce because of course he will, but this is going to be a little bit more of a political episode. And I hope you listen. I hope, I think this will be entertaining because Belle and I always have fun. And I think we throw in enough humor and entertainment in there that it'll be worth your time. But the idea, make America great again, the idea that you mean when predominantly white men were running things where, you know, where women and people of color were second class citizens, where you didn't have a lot of choices that's your vision. And if you understand that 50s America wasn't happy days, that's a TV show. Dick Van Dyke show is not what the reality was in this world. And it is, it is interesting. I also think, and that I am going to get criticism about this because I do, there is always people who give me a hard time that I try to blame everything on Donald Trump. And I do not think Donald Trump is the the root of all evil, but I will stand by, I think he gave people permission to say the deep 
dark things they wouldn't have said before. I think that's absolutely true. I think he definitely ushered in an era of political and social discourse in America that kind of let people say the ugly things they thought. But actually, this is a rare situation where I don't blame Donald Trump. I think it goes back so much farther than him. I think it's been like the currency of the Republican Party for a very long time. And I saw just a couple, I think yesterday, Mike Pence announced that he was running for president. And I was like, I'd actually be so much more nervous to have Mike Pence in the White House than Donald Trump when it comes to LGBTQ rights and when it comes to rights for people with HIV, because Mike Pence, by cutting HIV services in Indiana, lost a mini HIV epidemic in that state. Yeah, Linda has always said that she said that what scares her is someone like DeSantis or Pence getting elected because they aren't crazy. They are actually right. politicians. They know how to work the system and they have just as an evil agenda. And I use the word evil. OK, maybe not. But to me, it's I, evil. I think it's evil. Just to be on the record, Jesse yeah. is very open. I yeah. told him to this before we started recording. Jesse, I think you have such a kind and wonderful open heart and you're willing to give people the benefit of the doubt and so willing to listen. And it is one of the things I love the most about you. And just for people listening, I am not as willing to give people the benefit (laughs) of the doubt and I'm not as willing to listen. Yeah. and So if you want to complain, you can complain to both of us, but Jesse will be a lot nicer. (laughs) And I do think, I think there are people who are confused especially about transgender and there's all kinds of questions even i didn't i so respect moxie gillette i, I did not heard, know they had they were going by they yes, now that's awesome yes and um i have heard their dad talk about them as long and he used to tell the story and so this is a past is it used to make him mad that people would say, is your son into magic? And he'd say, no, but my daughter is. And why would you not think to ask my daughter that was? And so Moxie has become very active in magic. The one of Penn's co-host, Matt Donnelly, actually did a small gig in Las Vegas and Moxie opened for Matt. And then Moxie is going to Edinburgh to do like a four-week gig doing and pin and tell her it's going to be Moxie and someone else. I wish you knew. And so they gave them permission to use the and like on pin and teller. (laughs) And it is and they are that's they want that for their career. Magic. And I just think it's really cool. So I stumbled through that introduction because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I do think that the majority of people who are decent understand, hey, I know what you were trying to say, Jesse, and I'm going to give you grace. I think there are the side on both sides that you're lazy, you're piece of shit because you said this the wrong way and why are you even trying to do that you just it she was born a girl it's a girl and just shut the f up jesse and hopefully there's more of us in the middle 
I think there are a lot of people in the middle. And I think even the people on the other side of it's really important that you get it right. That's all I see people saying is I think people acknowledge that the they pronouns, gender neutral pronouns in general, they don't slip off the tongue for a lot of people who didn't grow up using them. And I think all a lot of people want to see, all I want to see when people refer to the trans people in my life is that they're trying. And when they slip up and I correct them, I want them to be like, oh, thank you, they, or oh, thank you, she. Yeah. And it is just, and then I do think if you're continuously being corrected, you start to, it starts to become second nature. I know it was so hard for me when I first started with using they pronouns, but it does, now it's second nature. I don't think twice about it. Yeah, and I it, I thought it was really cool, and I my favorite contestant, well, next to James Holzwire on the Jeopardy Master Channel, but is the player from Canada. I'm drawing a blank on their name. Oh, uh, was it Amy? No, no. Amy, but there okay, is another, yeah, uh, no, Amy did well too, but they have a, there was another Jeopardy Master, and they, they went by gender neutral programs pronouns and it was at first you think it sounds wrong right because we're so used to and she got it wrong or he got it wrong they got it wrong is oh plural yeah, if you, oh if is you've there never a heard it you're like oh did two people get it wrong <laughs> but yeah. i gotta say the more you practice it doesn't even sound it i know this might sound fake yeah. but it doesn't even sound wrong to me now just because i've been hearing it i think i yeah. met the first person I met who was non-binary, I met them in like 2012. So it's been mm-hmm. like over a decade of using right. it and it doesn't feel mm-hmm. now makes so much sense. But I am so glad that there are more non-binary people and trans people in on the national stage so that people can get exposure to this and can practice it and can realize that they're just people like everyone else, like trans people and non-binary people like Jeopardy too. For everyone who's yelling at me, it's Matea Roach. They came in second to James, and the first time I really recognized this was when Billions they had the oh, character. Yes, yeah. And that was the What's first time Taylor. Taylor there we is go. the act is the character's name, and I remember. Bobby, Dylan. That's the yeah, name. Yeah. Bobby asking, and they very correctly, you say they and that, and they've moved on. And it's really interesting because I think that's significant. And once again, I go back to one of the first stories you told me, and I hope I get it right. And if not, please correct me, is hearing Bruce Springsteen do Streets of Philadelphia went, wait a minute, this is a rock star. Oh, wait, maybe I need to know more, right? Yeah, definitely. I heard it and I was, because I watched the movie Philadelphia and I was like, oh, I didn't know Bruce Springsteen did songs like that. I didn't know Bruce thought anything about the LGBTQ community. Let me look into his other music. And that was what kind of catalyzed me into being such a big fan. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. 
Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So we talked politics and... I thought this was very interesting, Bella, is I have my two senators, Ted Cruz, John Corman, boo, and Michael Burgess, boo, is my congressman, and I routinely go to their website and send them emails, and the answer I get each time is, thank you, Mr. Jackson, for sharing your views let me tell you why what you shared with me is totally wrong and what we're doing is totally correct. Yeah. But I certainly will keep in mind when these things come up, your point of view, feel free to contact me anytime. So it's Pride Month as we're recording this. And I wrote to my congressman and my two senators that. Being that it's Pride Month, I feel like I urge you as a leader to let's do things to protect that community. I got a phone call from my congressman's office. Really? I was shocked. It was because... I'm shocked. Yes. I used to be that person in the congressperson's office. I would never have called someone back who wrote a letter being like... I worked for a congressman out on Long yeah. Island, and so yeah. people are complaining about I, I was shocked, Bella, and it was... What did they say? So I didn't get it, because like most of us, you have your phone 
unknown callers blocked, right? Because you don't want to sure. get all this spam. <laughs> so I get this voicemail and it's, it was from Washington, D.C. I'm like, who the hell called me from Washington, D.C.? It's Mr. Jackson. This is blank from Michael Burgess's office. Just want to let you know, we got your letter expressing concerns about the LGBT community. And we want to let you know that we are passing that on to our legislature staffer who is in charge of that. And we want you to know we heard you. And if there's any concerns, anything else you want to share, please don't hesitate to reach us. The best number to call us. And they gave me a number. I, okay, oh for those of you who are watching, Bella is looking her like her mouth. I was oh my shocked. God, that's amazing. Because I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I because Michael Burgess is proud that Trump endorsed him. He is just totally. He is totally against gay marriage. He is totally against a woman's right to choose. Just everything. And I don't know if just some rebel in the staffs. Like, huh, let's throw this Jesse guy a bone. But I fascinating, or maybe yeah. Michael Burgess just had a kid or a grandkid come out as gay or trans because that is the thing that happens so frequently is you'll see people and Rob Portman is the example I always use. I don't know if people remember him. He was an Ohio Senator. I don't think he's in office anymore, but he was a Senator in Ohio for many years. Anti-gay, anti-gay, anti-gay son came out as gay pro-gay, pro-gay, pro-gay. And that's so often in your own life, on the national stage. And what I just, what I wish more than anything that people would understand is that if you would care and potentially change your mind when it's your child, when it's someone you love so much, just everyone is someone's child. Everyone is so loved by their parents. So if I just wish people would extend a little bit of like imagination and empathy to think, what if someone I loved very much was gay? Would I still love them? And if it's that, if that's the case, why am I voting in this way? Because every gay person has someone in their lives who loves them. Every trans person has someone in their lives who loves them, who wants them to get hormones or surgery if they want it, or to just be able to be referred to by the correct name and pronouns. I just, I wish people would go a little farther. <laughs> So I feel slightly bad about this, but but I'm going to do it anyway. We were talking before we hit record that my brother just passed in February, and Dean could be a jerk. He could be a big jerk. And we very quickly learned not to talk politics because he tended – he liked to say he wasn't radical right or radical. But there was a lot of things that he didn't agree with, and he did, and I'm sure this has been going around by other people, but there is this very demeaning about taking she and him and it and making shit as the right, Ugh. the acronym for people who don't want to be. God, which, by the way, no one goes by it. <laughs> There's never a pronoun people right. are yes. asking for. And he posted that Ugh. years ago. And I called him out. I said, hey, Grover, how you doing? Huh? His birth name was Grover oh. Jackson. <laughs> and he hated the name Grover, as I do not blame him. 
No, I get it. <laughs> if you're a seven-year-old kid, you're going to be called Rover and you're going to be called a dog and people are going to bark at you. Grover was my mother's my mother's grandfather's name. He, her grandfather was Grover O'Banion and and his my great grandmother asked when mom was pregnant would you name them Grover? And oh, so wow. they did. Okay. So I said you chose not to go by Grover. You have everything you post is Dean. You go by Dino. Why do you not see the irony of you mocking someone for wanting to be ch called by something they want to be called by? Thank you. That's full of shit, Desi. That ain't and of all the things that make me mad, Bella, is hypocrisy is close to the top of the list. And and later, I think I think he softened. And I think part of that is the go, wait a minute. All they're just asking for what you asked for as well. They and want exactly what Senator Addison Mitch McConnell wants, which is to just be called Mitch McConnell. He doesn't want us remembering that his name is Addison. Yeah, exactly. So I I am curious. Now, the optimist of us think, is this a, and this will never be the last grasp, but is there, because things are starting to move forward, that a lot of the people who are fighting this these movements of equality are just clinging on to their by their fingernails and they are doing everything they can to try to stop things is that overly optimistic bella i want to say no but i don't i think it is and i think it is because of what we saw with abortion yeah which is in 1973 we got the right to safe and legal abortion we rested on those laurels and rested on those laurels while the right chipped away at it slowly but surely. And then finally, we lost the nationwide protection for safe mm -hmm. and legal abortion. And I think that if I was on their side, I would see that as a really great playbook for how to get rid of gay marriage, health, transgender health care, and gay people in public society altogether. So unfortunately, I want to think it's the last gasp of a dying political party. I, maybe this time last year before Dobbs versus Jackson had come out, I would say it was the dying gasp of a political party. I don't know that I think that anymore. I can't disagree with you. The idea that this is something that in, boy, we, now we are getting political, a stolen Supreme Court. <laughs> Just, just yeah. Merrick Garland to change that in such a way. And what bothers me among any things is I almost appreciate the outright racist more than I do the people that put it in sugarcoating. I just want women to be safe. That's why all places with abortion should have full medical facilities because we just care about that. 
Oh. We care so much about women, but we're not going to expand Medicaid in Texas. We're not going to give people access to Medicaid for 12 months after they're pregnant. We're not going to provide health care for children. We don't actually yeah. want pregnant people to be safe. No. And the it is it gets frustrating about that a lot. And so my hope is that we are going to move forward. I We're going to get to Bruce. This is my last. We'll cover this last. And then we're going to talk a little Bruce. I was, I'm still on Twitter because I have a podcast to promote. Sure. And, but I watched some conservative jerk said, yeah, pride. Oh yeah. He brought on American flag. That's my pride flag. That's do you guys have okay. a problem with me being proud of this American flag that stands for freedom and our rights? Can't oh I be God. proud of this? And you're like, you're no just one's an saying ass. you can't. You're just an ass. Oh my God. But also, no one is saying you can't be proud of your American flag. That's fine. We're just saying it's also, it's the same thing with people who are like, don't all lives matter? It's like, sure. But right now we're talking about how black lives matter. Yes. We're talking about a specific group of people. You can also talk about America, but us talking about gay people doesn't mean you can't talk about America. I know many people feel like that. I know many people feel like if they say anything against gay people, they're going to get yelled at. But we get yelled at all the time in our yes. life. If I... If I say certain things about abortion, people say very uncomfortable things to me. People get very aggressive about my pro-abortion buttons on my backpack. Like people come up and talk to me when I don't want them to, or yell at me for my buttons. That's life. That's civil discourse. That's what yeah. our country was founded on. It's hard for me to get too mad about someone being yelled at for an opinion, because that's just how free speech works. You can say whatever yeah. you want, and I can say something back, and then you can yeah. say something back. Exactly. But you're right. They don't want that. People want to go back to when they could say whatever homophobic and transphobic things they wanted. And no one would speak up and say, hey, I'm gay. And that upsets me. Or, hey, I have a transgender sibling who I love very much. And that really upsets me. Or, hey, I have a lot of friends who are trans. And you can't say things like that. And that's what I would, the only, what, one thing I would like to leave people with, two things. The first thing is, I do think that when you can tell someone, hey, I have a trans friend and I actually think it's really bad that people in Florida can't access gender affirming care. No, I actually, a lot of my friends and family who are trans knew they were trans at a very young age. And it would have been really helpful if they could socially transition and get access to puberty blockers. I think that makes such a huge difference difference over time to just be able to sit to put a human face to it to say no I have I love people in this community and I'm not going to listen to you talk badly about them so that would be the first thing I would leave people with and the second thing I would leave people with is that a lot of the worst laws are coming out of state governments and unfortunately like state level elections are very frequently ignored we focus on congress we focus on the senate we focus on the president state level elections are very ignored Partially, that's the problem is that people are not engaged at the state level. And partially, it's a problem that a lot of state legislature districts are drawn so that people cannot make a difference. So in like in North Carolina, that's a purple state that goes for different presidents every year, sometimes Republican, sometimes Democrat. 
They have so many Republicans in their state legislature that it's a veto-proof majority. And that's just because of how they drew the districts, like how they split up the Democratic centers. So if people do want to get involved, but they feel that their voice doesn't make a difference, the first place to start is by fighting gerrymandering and fighting for independent like districting commissions as opposed to letting elected officials draw their own districts. Because the Supreme Court because might make that impossible, but what's sad is both sides are like, yeah, but I like it when I can gerrymander a Democrat. Oh yeah, oh you, absolutely. You gotta be fair, right? Like it it has to be fair. It oh. has to be fair. There are ways to there are ways to draw districts in a way that is fair for political parties. And that still gets communities elected officials yeah. from those communities. Because that's the other thing people often say with gerrymandering is we don't want to like just cut, for an example, in New York, we don't want to cut flushing in two because that really hurts the power of the Chinese American community. We want right. to make sure that like they can access their right as a block. You can do that and not make it so that only a Democrat can win in flushing or only a Republican can win in flushing Queens. But I read a book by Henry Waxman, who was a congressman in California. And prior to being a congressman, he was a state legislature and he was on the like districting committee. And he was like, you would not believe the things people asked me. It wasn't even about draw me a safe democratic district. It was like, can you draw my district so that my mother's in-law's house is not included? <laughs> or yeah. she calls me every day about a pothole and I'm tired of her. Can you give her to someone else? Or <laughs> I get a lot of votes from this specific church. I'm not a member. They just really like me and they're very good volunteers. Can you make sure you don't cut that out of my district? And it's all these like tiny little trade-offs that are made that maybe That's don't hilarious. need to be. Do you watch Ted Lasso? I got really into Ted Lasso like literally a month ago i was like i'm gonna finally start this and fell so far down the rabbit hole i'm so into it now so you caught up i finished it yeah okay wasn't that a great scene when colin comes out and ted's saying it's it is a big deal we do we, care it's we do it's care. important we say us. we don't care but we do care and ted admitting that he was wrong to his friend and I just thought that was just so well done. I uh, thought it was so well. I thought that whole storyline was so well done. And I really did love that scene. And actually, my mother also was like, I thought that scene was so good. I think that's exactly what you should say to someone when they come yeah. out. And I was like, you're absolutely right, mom. It is. Yeah. And so Chris and I were watching and when Colin's boyfriend and they get to kiss on the pitch. We both were like, yes, that's what he wanted. He wanted that. And I literally screamed in my apartment <laughs> like I was like a 16-year-old girl again. I was like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Thank God I was watching this alone. But I, the gay scream I let out, I was so happy. Yeah, yeah. All right. And I did start watching it because my friend texted me and she was like, there's a storyline on Ted Lasso that I think you'd really like. And then I saw a couple of gift sets on Tumblr and I was like, I think I would really like this. And so then yeah. I started from the beginning and watched the whole series in the month. And I, I loved how Isaac was not mad that he was gay. It's like, how come you didn't tell me? Like, how Although dare that was, you? That was one where I think, because I've had friends who, not with my coming out, but who yeah. reacted to other friends coming out with, yeah. I just feel so bad she didn't tell me. And what I do want straight people to understand is, as Colin said, it's usually not about you. Yes. And if it is about you, 
that is something to think about and consider and not put on your friend to be like, I'm mad you didn't tell me. Yes, everyone. I heard this great thing from a podcast once that was everyone comes out at the exact same time, which is when they're ready. And so 90% chance someone didn't come out to you because they weren't personally ready. And if you have an inkling that you're like, why didn't they come out to me earlier? Think about it. Do you speak up when people say homophobic things? Do you, not you, Jesse. I know. Yeah, you I understand. Yes, I know what you, yes, yes. Do you speak up when people say homophobic things and say, oh, that's not funny. Do you see something in the news about how transgender people's rights are being taken away and go, God, that's so awful. Why won't they just let people get whatever medical care they need? Do you see good things about gay people and trans people and go, oh, I I love that show. I love Queer Eye. It's so fun. Makes me so happy. Things like that. That might be why someone didn't come out to you. Absolutely. So we are not going to go to Bruce yet because I want to know, I want to be sarcastic, but I'm not. I want to ask, is it okay that I still love Harry Potter? But what I am going to ask you is, did you listen to the Witch Trials of J.K. Rawlings podcast? No. Um, so I have crossed, I have gone through all the five stages of grief with Harry Potter okay. to arrive at acceptance. It has been a very painful process to realize that I actually don't think I can in good conscience, read this book to my children. Okay. I always wanted to read Harry Potter to my future kids yeah. and like share this book. I loved so much with them. Yeah. But my best friend pointed this out. She was like, what if you have a trans kid and years later, they're like, I don't know. I was so worried about how you react. Cause you read me those books by that horrible turf. Yeah. And it was one of those tiny things that I was like, Oh, that's a small way that I could be showing someone I'm not safe. And so I am, I, unfortunately, I no. still love them. They meant so much to me as a child. Yeah. I will get the books from the library and reread them occasionally, but I can't buy any of the merch. I can't go to those parks. I can't read those books to my kids. Oh, I, I understand. <sighs> the Megan Phelps Roper is the person that hosts the podcast. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, see, so you know who that oh, is. Oh, I, I know Megan Phelps Roper. I read her book. Yes. It's and very interesting. So it is a seven ah. or six or seven, eight chapter podcast, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And, and for those of you who don't know, Megan Phelps Roper was a very active in the why am i the westboro baptist church Church, yes and so she comes from that perspective of i was i believed everything evil i was saying when she talked about it it's it, it is an interesting i found it interesting to listen to i don't know if it changed my mind and i think it can get my best one of my best friends, Sam, says, I don't want everyone to vote, Jesse. I just think people who understand the issues and are educated should be voting. And I go, I get that you mean that with a clean heart, Sam, but you realize that other people who don't have a good heart use that as an excuse to keep people who won't vote the way they want them to vote. Exactly. Yeah. And you can be the person who doesn't know about the issues tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And anyway, I thought it was a very well done, interesting discussion that, yeah, uh, 
Megan Phelps Roper did a good job of, I think, presenting why this was so hurtful to many in the transgender and also gave Joe Rawlings a chance to hmm. say, yes, my heart breaks for anyone who is going to be hurt by this statement I'm saying and causes someone to get hurt. It, it was, it's an interesting, I do not think it will change your mind, but I thought it was well done. So throw it That's, out Yeah. There. Unfortunately, the only thing she could do at this point to change my mind is to yeah. backtrack on everything she said and begin because the UK, it is really not a safe place anymore for transgender people. It's been just increasingly more difficult for transgender people to get care in the UK because transphobia is so blatant there and people are so comfortable being just viciously horribly transphobic and what i wish people understood about gender affirming care and transgender health care is if you can't get that care it's it's very dangerous it can be very like not everyone wants to medically transition but for someone who wants to medically transition and wants their body to change in a way that matches how they feel inside withholding that can have profound mental health consequences, including like up to suicide. So I wish people understood a little more what like a six month delay means for a trans person in the UK who can't get an appointment with the National Health Service. And so I would only get back on the JK Rowling train if she took steps to yeah. address that and rectify her past wrongs. <laughs> I do find it ironic that we want to we think it's perfectly reasonable and accommodating to have delays on certain things, but it is absolutely a shame and it is a sin against all that is holy and right for there to be wait 24 hours to buy a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. A waiting period, 20, a waiting, a 24 hour waiting period for a gun violates the constitution, but yeah. forced birth does not because yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the Constitution, everybody there knew someone who owned a gun, but not everybody there yes. knew someone intimately who could get pregnant Yeah, knew what pregnancy was really like for people or thought about women as people in profound and meaningful ways. Exactly. It's just horrible. All Apologies right. that a bunch of old white guys in the 1700s did not yes. write in bodily autonomy into the Constitution. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Beep, changing the subject. <laughs> have you got to see Bruce in the latest tour? I have. I saw him twice. Once at Barclays and once at Belmont. I think the first night on Long Island. So let's just right away. See, all this other stuff has not been controversy at all. <laughs> this is just minor. What are you thinking about the set list, Bella? So I will say the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I was so moved. I was so thrilled and happy. The second time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. There really is very little variation in the set list. I got a couple different songs. The songs that repeated, a lot of them I really liked, but I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Like I've grown accustomed to the River Tour notwithstanding. I've grown accustomed to a Bruce set being different at every concert that I go to. So I, it's not my favorite, as a concert style in terms of keeping mostly the same set list, but I don't know, still like the greatest concerts of my life. Yeah. I, and I think that's where I've gone to is Linda asked me when I, cause I went to four river shows 
And she says, aren't you bored? It's the same set list. I go, the songs I don't like. The first night, I didn't like the fourth night. And the songs I liked, and there are a few that I didn't particularly like, and I grew to A childhood friend of my dad's, I went to the Belmont show with her, and during yeah. Kitty's Back, she was like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom, because this is going to be 10 minutes, and I don't really like when Bruce does jazz. <laughs> Meanwhile, I went with my best friend as well, and she was like, I loved Kitty's Back, because Bruce let everyone in the band have a silly, goofy time. And as the number the Brave Guys pointed out, it gave Bruce a chance to rest. <laughs> Yeah, which I had never thought too. of. Yeah, I was on the record. I'm not a big Kitty's Back fan, but seeing it live, I did feel like we were in a jazz club. Oh, man, this yes. was cool. And so I thought that was really neat. So I think the person that has a legitimate gripe is the person who, based on prior understandings, prepaid for all the nugs releases <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm gonna get my 20 percent discount oh i'm gonna gosh. get so many great shows yes here is your 300 dollars nugs oh my god that's and so all of a funny. sudden what i have nine copies of kitty's back yeah <laughs> so i think they have a legitimate beef and i would be calling and reaching out to nugs going let me let's talk about something okay i would be like can i get my money back yes i would i understand people being disappointed that i bought show i bought tickets for eight shows in the european tour and with a couple of exceptions i'm seeing the same show if i'd known that i probably wouldn't have bought as many tickets i get you being disappointed i get you being maybe a little buyer's remorse but the I people have to imagine you can sell those for what you paid yes, for them, though. Exactly. Like, I, yes, I do too. We're I all so too. hurting for tickets. Like Absolutely. I'm trying to get pit tickets for a Jersey show. Yeah. Prices are high. You could do yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't understand the people that think Bruce is deliberately effing them over because he is choosing not to. He is, this is, he's doing this to me. He is doing it to us long-term fans. He knows there's a lot of us there who go to multiple shows. And how dare he not think of us? He is evil. He is wrong. And I'm just like, okay, let's back it out a little bit, okay? Let's take a deep breath in. Deep <laughs> yes. breath out. And actually, it, to bring it back to Ted Lasso, it reminds me of people's reactions to the finale. Yeah. People being so mad that what they wanted to happen didn't happen. And I think, I don't know what it is, but I have seen it more often. I think there's like a real entitlement to be like, I wanted something and I didn't get it. And it's like, it's art, buddy. Like what you want enters into it in no way. Like people are making art. And if you're a fan, that's great. But I don't, I don't know how you had a person on the podcast about what Bruce Springsteen owes to his fans. Right, yes. And right. I think what he owes is to not be rude to people when he sees them in the street. And that yes. doesn't mean he has to take every photo or sign every right. autograph, right. like to be yeah. civil to people in the way you have to be civil to people to live in the world. And that's kind of it. There are certain things that I wish artists I love would do. I don't think they owe it to me. I think, would I like if Bruce took public political stances all the time? Yes. Do, am I owed that because I'm a fan and I bought some albums? No. 
are we owed new set lists because we bought albums and have been bands for a long time? No, he's an artist. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And the, I think it's a good point about that. I also, I don't, I also think that he's earned the right for some grace. I don't know why currently this is what they're wanting to do. Now, I, you pay I, your I do money. think you hit it on the head. I think he's telling a story. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. And yes, you pays your money, you get your chances. If you follow little Steven on Twitter, you are going to yeah. get little Steven being <laughs> little Steven. Yeah. Uh, and so people are like, I can't believe he's insulting money. I'm like, yeah, if he thinks you're an idiot, he's going to tell you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right? you, you don't have to tweet at him. Yeah, exactly. And why so, I don't follow little Steven on Twitter. Cause I'm like, yeah. no, I don't need to know what that is. Yeah. I don't need to know what that is. I, I am, I was at Dallas, Houston, Austin. Got if I was the priest twice. So I feel very blessed. I'm very happy. Disappointed. I didn't get burning train. I'm disappointed that it was after I started going that they threw in Mary's place in the mix. I got Mary's place. It was really yes. nice. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So I think. And it's now the second time I've seen that live. I've been very lucky. Yeah. I, it was at my first show is the only time I've ever seen it live. And I didn't know what I was getting because it was my first show. I had not studied. I'd not done my homework Wait. rising. So that's good. Yeah. Linda gave me permission to go to one more show. I have a dear friends that live in Columbus, Ohio. And so I'm planning, I bought tickets. I'm going to go to Columbus. Is uh, that the one that's like the rescheduled? Now it's the yes. last show. Of the, oh, yes. Jesse. Yes. Oh, so going to be such yeah. a good show. Yeah, it is going to be. And I'm now worried because there's two or three people who I love that have been on the podcast and stuff. And they're like, oh, great. And my friends are there like, oh, we're going to dinner first. And I'm like, can we do a really early dinner? Because <laughs> you're like, I have a lot of, I have a lot of Bruce Buds I need to connect with. Yes. I, it's kind of Bell and I before Broadway. It's that was so got, fun. That was so much fun. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. And yeah, I'm going to at least one more at MetLife and I'm trying to get tickets to a second MetLife, but some job stuff is up in the air. I got to make sure I'm going to be employed at that Okay. And so if I am, I'm going to go. If okay. not, I have the one. Yeah. So how is Bella, Corey, hardworking girl? <laughs> it's so I'm actually, I'm at the Center for Reproductive Rights now, which is yes. an international reproductive rights and abortion organization. Right. I'm over the moon. I love it. I love my job. Nothing I've said on this podcast is the views of the organization, just to Absolutely. clarify, yes. they're all my views. But I, and I do policy now. So I just, I sit, I read bills all day. People ask me what the bills say. And I tell them it's, it's truly a, I don't like to use the phrase dream job because every job has problems, yeah. but it's as close as I'm going to get in this life to a dream job yeah. because it's in, it's in abortion, which is my greatest passion above Bruce, above being gay. It's like abortion. Yeah. I think being gay and then Bruce, I would say that's the right Okay. Thing. Okay. I think um, that's fair. And it's policy, which I love. So I'm very happy. Good. But Good. we've been busy. Yeah, I get there. There is, and it continues to be under assault, doesn't it? I just, yeah. you keep seeing, okay, okay. They really can't do this, right? Oh, they can. 
one of the things the Supreme Court said when they overturned Roe was like, and this will put the issue of abortion to rest. And we've been just as busy post-Dobbs as we were pre-Dobbs. And once again, hypocrisy, it's perfectly acceptable for a state to make decisions about women's reproductive rights, but yet it is not appropriate for a state to have any make decisions about gun safety. Yeah, and it's every state loves pregnant people and their babies until those pregnant people and their babies need food or need shelter or want to go to school and not be shot. Yeah. It's Um, the hypocrisy that really gets me is in a lot of states, a minor cannot get an abortion without parental consent or without proving to a court that they are mature and well-informed about their decision. But they can have a baby, no issue. And I'm not advocating that we should require people to get parental consent before they have kids. That's not what I'm saying at all. People should be able to have kids whenever they want. I'm saying they should also be able to have abortions whenever they want. Yeah. The, I think sometimes we go and collectively, a society wants the best case scenario. Absolutely, in a perfect world, someone going through this difficult decision should be able to involve their parents and should have be able a supportive, a an adult a, a they trust pay, to pick to, them up to, after to, the procedure, yeah, yeah, to talk to them, to help them go through their options and discussions, and to make help them support their right decision. But there isn't always that person there. No, and no. And that, or maybe is, there is that person there. Maybe they have that adult in their life, and it's not their parent. Maybe it's right. their aunt. Maybe it's their parents' ex, who they're still very close with. There's so right. many adults that can advise a kid beyond parents. Yeah, but the laws and, aren't written like that. No, they're not, and it's just very sad. Yeah. What's next for you, Bella? So you're talking about the, I don't want to get too much into you said there was some flux in the job, but. Oh yeah. So it's a two year, it's a two year position. And so we're hoping it can become a more than two year position. Okay, good. But if not, there are many abortion organizations that are hiring people. So I'm hoping to stay in that world. (laughs) In a effed up way, this is good for you because (laughs) there's a lot of crap going on and they need people to help do this. That was, yeah, I get that a lot with people like, oh, so you have job security. And I'm like, yeah, I do. It is the great thing about working in this field is that you get to work to make yourself irrelevant. I'm like, if I don't ever, if I can't ever get a job because the job doesn't exist, like I won. Yeah. Or we're in a way worse situation and that's not my problem anymore. Yes, it is. I do want to, I love I have to give this shout out to Linda, and I was telling this to someone else. Uh, when former President Trump was elected, Linda was doom and gloom. Everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket. Everything's going to be shit. We just can count all of this. You're never going to get health insurance again because you have a pre-existing condition because you had cancer. God, thank God we don't have a daughter. We don't have so on and on. Yeah. And you can imagine, Bella, me being me, <laughs> I went, Linda, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. 
you can only do so much there there are checks and balances and you know the office is going to change them it things are, <laughs> it, it's you are you've been watching too much msnbc sure. you are you are drinking the kool-aid the doom and gloom <laughs> two or three years ago it was like okay linda i was totally wrong <laughs> <laughs> you did you were not exaggerating you... I, there was so much of his presidency that i was the jesse i was like no it's bad but we do have checks and balances and when he lost i was like see we did it like we all came together we voted he's leaving office we're getting someone else and then there was the insurrection and i was like wow it got worse than i thought like i've never thought it would get oh, this yeah. bad no and i talked it... to my pessimist friend and she was like to be honest I didn't even think it would get this bad. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. It's it's wild times. And I, I know, I read something recently. Might've been in the New York Times. Maybe it was in Slate. I don't remember. Some lefty publication. Okay. That one of the things people are most concerned about is the polarization in the country. And when I read that, I was like, I am not concerned about the polarization in the country. I am concerned about X, Y, Z things that like are happening to people of color, poor people, LGBTQ people. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I guess I am concerned about the polarization in the country because the polarization is making it impossible to have a civil discourse on policing where we can come to solutions because the other side is so stuck in their ways that I'm like, I can't compromise because if I give an inch, they'll give nothing. And so I was like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm concerned about polarization, but I am unwilling to make the first move. And I don't remember who said this, but they said the reaction to Bruce Springsteen's Jeep commercial tells you how far away we are from the middle because he was beat up by the people. No, this crazy right, I'm not meeting them in the middle. This Myself included. I was yeah, like, no, Bruce, yeah. I'm good. They yeah, can come for yeah. me. And <laughs> if then, they don't like it, they can make a step. <laughs> and then the people on the right, like, oh, now you're working for the middle. Where was this when you were compromised? And yeah, it is it is weird. And I, I just keep wanting I just keep wanting two moderates on the side of the aisle to go, this is full of crap. We are better than this. And to say, you know what? And I, I, my good friend Tom Zoller is a small businessman. So he is very much in favor of less government. And, but as he said, I want safe borders. You want safe borders. We disagree how to get there. Can't we work together to come up with a way to get us safe borders? You want everyone to have health insurance. I want everyone to have health insurance. Can't we find a place where we can get it? And I think that's all perfect, except there is a percentage, Bella, that don't want everyone to have health insurance because they're not the right kind of people. And, they and, don't and there are certain issues where there is no, like, I want everyone who's queer in some way to be able to be out and proud and to access the healthcare they need. And the right does not want that. Or not all the right. Yeah. I Certainly, yeah. Ron DeSantis yeah. does not, there's no. no, I don't even know what the middle would look like for Ron DeSantis. He'd be like, okay, 
you can be gay. You just can't say it in front of kids. And I'm like, this can't be, this can't be the compromise that we reach. Yeah. If I'm like, I should be allowed to tell kids I'm gay. If that comes up naturally in conversation and you're like, okay, I won't put you in jail, but you just can't say it. It's wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. How is this compromise? Yeah. My imaginary dialogue with Ron DeSantis. I actually don't know what I would say if I met him. I did. Maybe old Italian curses. Yes, I did. I did try to get Chris Christie on the show. and That um, would have been cool. And I, and I was told by a couple of people they wouldn't listen. And I said, I would have talked to Governor Christie about the Dallas Cowboys and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I, I would have listened, and there definitely would have been some things he said that I would have rolled my eyes strongly. Yeah, exactly. Right. I would have wanted to be in the Zoom, too. Governor Christie, it's interesting you say that. Have you heard? <laughs> yeah. What about we take care of our own? What do you think about that, Chris Christie? Do you think the response yeah. to Hurricane Katrina was bungled? Because I do. Yes, exactly. So, Bella, are you doing anything? Are you doing your blog? Are you doing creative? Are you just trying to fight the good fight? Unfortunately, the good fight is taking up quite a bit of my time. And so a lot of my other projects have fallen by the wayside. It also is much more difficult to write about. The blog really fell off in the Trump years because I was like, yeah. ooh, politics is not as interesting anymore. Now it's upsetting. And in the Biden years, I think like there's so many interesting things that Joe Biden is doing. There's so many great moderate policies that joe biden has i think joe biden is like profoundly moderate i think he's a candidate people would like if they really wanted moderates but they don't they want yeah someone yeah, a little they, further to the right than joe but yeah and i and think I, he's doing so many interesting things but i just i work is very consuming and so i don't blog as much anymore unfortunately all right so bella i'm gonna put you on the spot two or three things we can do to to one celebrate pride but to support the community out there as a 64 year old straight white guy what are things that we can do and do you have any recommendations on any books or music that we should be listening to Ooh, that second question is a very hard one so i'll start with i'll start with the pride question first i do think that it is very valuable to if you're not if you are lgbtq do it too. But if you're not LGBTQ, I think it's very helpful when you hear someone saying something that's a little homophobic or when you hear a gay joke or when you hear something about gay people and you're not sure if it's homophobic or not, but you're like, huh, didn't sound like fully supportive to just mention, well, that's interesting. I have a gay friend and she thinks blah, blah, blah. And if you don't have a gay friend, I can be your gay friend and you can be yes, like, yes, we can. If you, and so if you hear someone say something like, oh, it's just the pronouns are too hard for me and say, oh, that's interesting. I have a gay friend and she was telling me that you just have to like practice and you have to be comfortable with being corrected every time, but people won't get mad at you if you're trying your best. So challenging that when you hear it, being vocal about your support for the LGBTQ community. And then, and if you're LGBTQ and you're listening, I think there's a lot that cisgender, which is people who are not transgender. I think there's a lot that cisgender people can do, whether we're queer or not, to stand up for transgender people. I think transgender people are very under attack. And so anything that cisgender people can do to support transgender people is great. And one like very concrete thing that you can do, that everyone can do in their own lives is like, ask your HR, does the health insurance at your office cover gender affirming care? If not, 
why not? Is that something we can think about so that if we have a trans employee, they can access that healthcare. That's one like small way to be an ally to the community. Bring it up at a staff meeting. Just be like, hey, I have a question about our health plan. I want to make sure that gender affirming care is covered. So that's a small thing you can do. Just And if you need other suggestions, if you want to be an ally, if you want to know if a policy is good or bad, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram, Bella Pori, same on both. And you can ask me and I'm happy to talk about it. I love talking about LGBTQ issues. So that's one thing you can do to support the LGBTQ community to celebrate pride. There's so many things you can do. You can find a pride march near you and go. You can go to these pride marches if you're straight. In fact, I encourage you to go to these pride marches if you're straight, because you will see the wonderful variety that the LGBTQ community has to offer. You'll see drag queens, you'll see families with young kids, you'll see firefighters and politicians and all kinds of people. So highly recommend you go. That's a great way to celebrate pride. Yeah. Go ahead. While you're thinking of some artistic things to share, either books or movies. Yeah, I'm going to pull up my, my okay. gay books list on Goodreads. So what I am going to suggest is, who knows, your congressman may surprise you. I it is very easy. What I do is I pull up a Word document, a note document, and I write what I want to say to my elected officials. I do a blurb. I'm really concerned about the LGBTQ community. I feel like they are under attack. I feel like we should do more to protect them. And I wish you would support legislation to do this. It is you are a leader in this company country, and I believe you should take a leadership stand, something like that. And then I go, you can Google your state senator and every senator and every congressman has a web page and they have a contact us page. And it is incredibly easy. The worst part is if you're at your congressman, they will make that four digit zip code that no one knows because they want to make sure you're in their district. And But it's very easy to go. You write that, you fill it in, and then cut and paste. Put it in there, send. Do that. I do that to my two senators. I do it to my congressmen. And here in Texas, I do it to my state legislature and my state senator to say, because I feel like I have said this many times, I am a blueberry in a very strawberry state, but they may get a hundred emails saying that yes, it's good that we're doing this, but I want them to I want them to know that at least there's one old fat white guy that thinks we should be a little bit kinder to those who are different than us. And so I recommend that it really takes only 10 or 15 minutes of time on your browser. If we all did that, would it change? It would make It would at least get people to think. Especially at the state level, it does not take a lot to make an impact with your state representative. 10 letters is a lot for them on the same issue. So definitely prioritize state representatives and state senators. All right. If I want to celebrate pride by reading a new book or watching something, tell me, Bella, where do I go? Okay. I looked at my gay history books and my gay books, and I will say... The one I recommend the most is, it's called The Mayor of Castro Street. It's by Randy Schiltz, and it's about Harvey Milk. I think it is a really good overview of the early gay rights movement 
culminating in the election of Harvey Milk. It doesn't do a ton to talk about like other gay elected officials prior to Milk, but it's a really good overview of both Harvey Milk and early gay history. I also think Randy Schultz is a really brilliant author. I love everything he's ever written, which is not hard. He only wrote three books because he passed away from complications with AIDS in the mid nineties, but all his books are great. The mayor of Castro street is probably the most accessible. So that would be my book recommendation. I don't have any music recommendations because last year I got really into Bollywood and Indian film music. And that's all I listen to now. So took a real right turn. My Spotify rap was crazy last year. That is hilarious. Uh, I love that. I got of Yes, it's truly, I have a huge playlist now and all I listen to is Bollywood and other Indian film music. So I have no music recommendations unless you want Bollywood recommendations and then I'm happy to discuss. And then movies, I actually just watched such a good movie and I am on a mission to, I'm on a mission to get everyone to watch this movie. It's called Jeffrey. It's from, I want to say 1997, maybe 98. I think it's streaming for free on Tubi. And it's a gay AIDS rom-com. And you think, Bella, that sounds like a contradiction in terms. It's not. It's so good. It's funny. It's sad. It's touching. It really shocked me with how beautiful it was. And Nathan Lane plays a gay priest who sings show tunes. And Patrick Stewart is in it. Patrick Stewart is in it. Yes, Patrick Stewart plays a gay designer. He's fabulous. (laughs) Yes, I remember seeing this and I remember loving the film. Yes, I that I do want to rewatch that. I think that I'm, I'm be on, really good. I'm doing a one woman Jeffrey Renaissance. I also, I pulled up my gay movies list, which is much longer than my gay books list. The Celluloid Closet is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's a very good overview of like how gay people and trans, mostly gay people, but it does include some discussion of trans people, but how gay people and trans people have been portrayed in media throughout history And then if you're looking for a lesbian movie, there's a great one called The Watermelon Woman, which is by Cheryl Dunn, Dunn But it's very funny. If you've ever seen Clerks, it's like Clerks, but with lesbians. It's very good. I'm sold. It's it's so awesome. And apparently streaming on Showtime. Okay. I will have to watch that. Unfortunately, Um, I don't think The Cellular Closet is streaming anywhere. uh tragically okay that movie i will have to check that out i had terry moore on the show a few months ago and his epic strangers in paradise i told him at the time and i want to recommend it strongly it's a comic book series and it is i told him being raised where i was francine is dating a jerk guy freddie and kachu plays her best friend and Kachu has been in love with Francine since high school. Cool. And as you go through the series, Francine ends up marrying the doctor she thinks she wants. And she later comes to realize that Kachu is her soulmate. And and I told Terry, I said, I think that was one of the things that helped me to become more accepting of these kind of stories because I adored Kachu, I adored Francine, and I found myself going, yeah, they should be together. Oh. Yeah. And so it is a absolutely brilliant story. And and if and it's long. 
if you want a shorter one and there is not as much LBGQ storyline, but it's a fascinating, let me make sure I get it because I always want to, I want to say Gorilla Girl and that's not, Motor Girl by Terry Moore. The premise is that Sam is an Iraqi veteran and she is working in a junkyard and her best friend is a gorilla that no one else can see. <laughs> and it, okay, deals, fantastic. It, it is all about her PTSD and how Sam, Mike, the 600 pound gorilla is her mechanism to cope with that. And it is an amazing story. So that's my motor girl by Terry Moore. It's set in the Moore universe, but you don't need to know anyone else. It's okay, self-contained. Good. Yeah. And it's. It, I can it, start with that. You can start with that. Bella, I just love visiting with you. I love it visiting is, with you, Jesse. <laughs> it's been too long. And I am so glad you're fighting the good fight. And I'm so glad that you were able to give up part of your night to share with me. Listeners, I hope you stuck with us. <laughs> the reality is Belle and I could have talked this long even if we weren't recording. It, absolutely true. Yeah. All right. Bella Porrick on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. Let's be kind. Let's be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.